The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Welcome to a discussion of radical fundamental principles of freedom, rational self-interest, laissez-faire capitalism, and individual rights. The Yaron Brook Show starts now. So I don't know how many of you uh, followed this story uh, in uh, in May of uh, in May of this year. Uh, there was a uh, situation in Portland where a where a, a man, uh, 35 years old, who uh, whoops, I'm getting feedback for some bizarre reading. All right, so uh, 35-year-old Jeremy Joseph Christian boarded a uh, public transport uh, vehicle in uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, went and uh, started uh, shouting and yelling racial slurs at a Muslim girl and her friend, 16- and 17-year-old. Uh, uh, and when three men stepped in and said, hey, uh, what, you know, what are you doing? Uh, stop this! You, you you shouldn't talk to people like this. These were these were young girls, uh, basically uh, alone, and uh, this guy's yelling at them. Uh, he basically an argument ensued. He pulled down a knife and stabbed the three men. Uh, you know, two of them died. Uh, a third one uh, had to be had spent quite a bit of time in the hospital. Um, yesterday, in Charlottesville, Virginia, another young man. Uh, got in a car and using a tactic adopted by uh, Muslim terrorists, drove through a crowd, uh, injuring 19 people and, and killing a young woman. Now, the numbers here are relatively small, you know, one person in Portland and one person in Charlottesville, Virginia. But there is no question in my mind that what is going on in America today the rise of a violent, a violent, what they call themselves, alt-right, a violent neo-Nazi, a violent white supremacist coalition is really, is really, really scary. Uh, you know, after the stabbing in Portland, the, uh, the local alt-right groups got together uh, and uh, celebrated uh, the actions and defended the actions of uh, Jeremy Joseph Christian. Um, this is this is a uh, a problem that is inflicting our country with violent right wing. And I hate the term right because people think that right is pro capitalist or that right is American, essentially American, and right is pro-liberty and pro-freedom. So I don't use uh, the term right to describe myself, and I encourage most of you uh, who, who agree with me not to use the term right to describe yourself. Uh, you know, at this point, as we'll talk about today, right and left are all anti-American. Right and left all describe points of view that do not belong in this great country that is the United States of America. Anyway, I will use right and left to differentiate two types of evil. The type of evil represented by Nazi flags, the type of evil represented by KKK white sheets, the type of evil represented by somebody getting into his car and driving through a crowd, 
purposefully to kill people, purposefully to cause harm to people. That kind of right is evil. It's wrong. It's bad. And it is on the rise. And the violence in its name are on the rise. And we're going to see more and more and more of this violence unless somebody stands up and says, this is bad, this is evil, we must stop. And unless leaders stand up and declare their opposition, unless the President of the United States stands up and declares his explicit opposition to what went on in Charlottesville yesterday, which he did not, we will get to that. Indeed. So let's talk a little bit about what happened yesterday. Um, and let's talk about what's been happening, I'd say, over the last year, year and a half, with the rise of what I'll call the alt-right, which is an umbrella organization for a variety of different groups, but most of which, most of whom, support various forms of uh, white supremacy, most of whom support various forms of uh, statism, of uh, collectivism, of racism. Among them are uh, those who sympathize with the Nazis. You know, I did I did a show on the alt-right, uh, a podcast on the alt-right um, last year. And um, people tell me, oh, you're exaggerating. There are no people in the alt-right and there's nobody there and it's just a bunch of kids and it's not a big deal. And no, oh, the alt-right, they're not anti-Semites and they're not racist and they're not this and they're not that. And of course, immediately... In my uh, in my inbox on Twitter, as soon as I did the show on the alt-right, I got the most vile, horrible, disgusting, anti-Semitic content that I've ever seen from this non-existent, I guess non-existent alt-right. They exist. They're there. How powerful they are, how big they are, how strong they are, that is hard to tell. And that, in, in many respects, would be determined by how we, all of us, respond to their existence. The more support they get, the more silence they get. The more, in a sense, they think that they are having making a difference, that they are having an impact, the more they will grow, the more powerful they will be. All right, so what happened in Charlottesville? Um, Charlottesville uh, is taking down a statue of uh, General Lee, of the Confederate General Lee. And th this is a, a trend in the South since the, uh, over the last few years to take down the statues of so-called Southern Confederate leaders, right? Out of respect for the fact that what were they fighting for? What was the Confederacy actually fighting for? What was the South fighting for in the Civil War? Well, they were fighting for slavery. They were fighting for racism. They were fighting for the enslavement of black Americans. And the idea is these are not heroes. These are villains in a very, very sad episode of American history. And these villains shouldn't be celebrated with statues. And the Confederacy shouldn't be celebrated by waving the Confederate flag. But that these are symbols, these are symbols of a state the South declared its independence from the North, dedicated to the preservation of one of the most evil institutions in human history, slavery. And it's completely legitimate to advocate 
for the removal of the symbols that represent that state. And uh, that's why I think, I do not think Confederate flags should be flown over public institutions. And I do not think that Confederate heroes, statues should be in, quote, public or government spaces. Uh, anyway, they're taking down the statue, and you can agree or disagree. And um, the neo-Nazis, the alt-right, the uh, KK, KKK, the, the other groups on the right, decided to protest this. And they, they've been protesting this for quite a while, but they decided to do a big, uh, a big march, um, a big march on uh, Charlottesville. They call the march, and this is one reason why I do not consider myself a member of the right, because think about how they name the march. They name the march, the march to unite, unite the right. It's the Unite the Right march. If that's the right, I am not the right. If that's the right, none of you should be the right. If that's the right, I don't want to use that term. We'll, we'll get to what term I want to use and how I will ultimately label them and why they are no different than the violent left that they so claim to be opposed to. So they went up there to march. Now, you have a right to free speech. You have a right to protest. They got the permits. The, the, the police was ready. But notice how they showed up to this rally of unity. They showed up with, um, with basically sticks the size of baseball bats. They showed up with helmets. They showed up ready for fights. They showed up ready for violence. Now, we can talk about why they did that and that the left, the left is to a large extent, or to some extent, not to a large extent, to some extent responsible for that. And we're going to get into the evil of, of, uh, of uh, the, the violence of the left in a minute. But they didn't show up just to speak. They didn't just show up just to express their views. They showed up for battle with bats, with helmets, with shields. Now, again, the disgusting nature of the symbols on the shields, the disgusting nature of what they represent, you know, that is awful, that is disgusting, that is horrific, and that should be condemned. They have a right to it. I, unfortunately, will stand on the barricades and fight for their right to, just as I'd stand on the barricades to fight for the racist left's ability to speak. But note that they brought with them instruments of violence. They, and they hid their instruments, so they, they, they had uh, placards with signs on them that were stapled to a stick, but the stick wasn't some thin stick that you need in order to hold up a sign. No, these were attached to baseball bat-like sticks. All right. Um, we're going to take a, a quick break here. Uh, and uh, I see we've already got one caller. And uh, we're going to talk more about what's what happened in Charlottesville, uh, why they came armed. And, and yeah, they, they had, there was a reason. Um, but why... 
why this is such, why this whole phenomenon of what happened in Charlottesville and what's happening around the country is such a bad omen for uh, where this country is heading. All right. You're listening to Iran Brooks Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be right back. Best-selling author, prolific media contributor, PhD in finance. This is the Yaron Brooks Show, the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Yaron Brooks Show. Charlottesville. We're talking Charlottesville, the great, the tragedy that is Charlottesville, and and the tragedy goes beyond the the, the murder and the, the the innocent people, or you know, the people who've been uh, injured on on all sides, and the and the battle there, and the and the violence. But I think this is reflective of something deeper that is going on in America today, and, and we're going to get to that. The the deeper meaning of Charlottesville, what what and the, and the consequences of Charlottesville, and a politician's impotence in dealing with Charlottesville or the, or, or, or the, the, the seeming impotence in dealing with it, at least uh, from what I can see. Now, if you want in on the conversation, uh, you can call in. The number is 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. If you were in Charlottesville, that would be particularly interesting if you called um, 888-900-3393. Curious to know what it was like on the ground. Um, all right, look, these thugs, these Nazi sympathizing KKK racists, alt-right nuts, showed up in Charlottesville with helmets and, um, and bats ready for a fight. Now, I know you guys are going to say, some of you guys, I hope only some of you guys, are going to say, you know, they were there for self-defense. These poor, racist, uh, white supremacists were afraid. And, and legitimately so, right? Because everywhere else they show up, these leftists show up. They call themselves the uh, Anfita, and we'll talk about Anfita in a little while. And beat the hell out of them, right? And, and they have to be ready, right? At Berkeley and other places, uh, in Portland, Oregon, uh, these these uh, uh, these leftists come with the same thing with bats. Evergreen College, they were walking around with bats, ready to beat up any anybody who opposed them. And yeah, there's truth to that, right? Antifa, which is short, by the way, for anti-fascist, uh, quite a, uh, a li- almost funny if it wasn't so sad. You know, all, all the fascists. Left and right uniting in Charlottesville. They should have just looked across from each other and said, Oh, wait a minute. We actually agree on much more than we disagree. But, uh, but anyway, right? So here they come marching up. The police let them bring the bats and the helmets and the shields, right? These are weapons. And now the Antifa people are bringing the same kind of stuff. And they start beating each other up. And while the police do some to clear them out, not that much. The police could have really prevented this whole thing. I mean, generally, 
you're seeing across the country this attitude of the police basically standing down when these two groups meet. Now, you could say, yeah, let them beat each other up, but (laughs) we live in a country of law. We live in a country where the police is supposed to protect us from exactly this kind of violence. And they can't just let these guys beat each other up. Innocent people are going to get caught in the crossfire. And even the non-innocent people, the people who are participating in the fight, you can't just fight publicly. That's part of what rule of law is all about. All right, we're going to take a quick call. We've got a little bit of time from Michael in Tennessee. Hi, Michael. How's it going? Hey, Ron. Uh, I just wanted to preface this with I absolutely despise uh, collectivists on each side. I don't like the alt-right. I don't like uh, Antifa or BLM. I think that's the fall of the Western universe, to be honest, or the the West. Uh, But one thing that you should probably take into account, which you are, I think you are starting to go go down that road, is I've been following the alt-right people for a little bit because I was kind of sympathetic to them because they never threw the first punch they never did any of this. So these people were marching. I was watching the video. There's a video you can watch. It's about 30 minutes long. And they were marching with the torch, and they all they did was walk up to a statue. And there was about 20 Antifa people there screaming at them. And I'm like, well, you can scream, whatever. And what started it all was this Antifa person who had a, uh, a bucket of gasoline tried to throw it onto the... Uh, the white people chanting, "You will not replace us." Stuff like this. Yep. And then, and then they, uh, they actually, when they went to through it, they tripped and spilled it all over their friends. <laughs> and so they had to walk out covered in yeah. gasoline. But, but that's not a, that's not. But look, I mean, that's funny. Look, but that's you not a saw, joke. They were trying to kill them. No, I get it. I get it, Michael. Look, you, you, you saw <laughs> one image, one video of the thing. I don't know what <laughs> happened, and I'm not going to claim to know who threw the first punch at any of these things. <laughs> the, the both groups of uh, groups have stuck. But look. To argue that the alt-right never throws the first punch when you're talking about David Duke marching mm-hmm. them. David Duke, who represents the Ku Klux Klan, who has butchered and slaughtered people for over a hundred years. And, and what he represents and standing in front and, and arguing for a KKK, which represents everything violent, everything horrific in American history. Oh, when you have people standing there with Nazi symbols. Everything that Nazism stands for, which is violence, violence, violence. You can't then say, oh, they've, the alt-right never throws the first punch. They threw the first punch as soon as they aligned mm-hmm. themselves with the Nazis, as soon as they aligned themselves with the KKK. Those are ideas that are about violence. Those are ideas whose essential characteristics are. Now, they have the right to free speech. They have the right to mm-hmm. show those symbols. But they are promoting Violence. That's ultimately what they are doing. Now, who throws the first punch at any given event? Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? But all of these people are looking for a fight. All of these people are looking for violence. And we must distance ourselves from all of them. Now, and I will get to the fact that the left, in a sense, is responsible for a lot of this. But let's not forget somebody was killed. You're on. On the Blaze Radio Network.
The Yaron Brooks Show. Well, we're talking about Charlottesville, the tragedy in Charlottesville, and, and the extent to which it is a reflection of what is going on in the rest of America, a reflection of what is going on in the streets of America today. And it's still small. Uh, and, and certainly the number of victims here is relatively small, and the number of perpetrators is still relatively small. And the real question is, to what extent is the class that we're seeing in Charlottesville between the alt-right racists and the leftist Antifa fascists um, reflective of a real class that's happening in our culture? And I think, and I will try to connect this later on in the show to what happened in Google uh, over the last two weeks, to a much, and what's happening on our campuses all over the place, to a much broader rift that is happening in our culture and, and where that rift is going to take us and what are the dangers that we're heading towards. Because if you look at Charlottesville, it very much looked like kind of the, 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 the street battles between the brown shirts and the red shirts in the 20s and the 30s between the the German fascists of the right and the uh, socialist communists of the so-called left. One group of collectivists battling another group of collectivists. And that's ultimately what we got at Charlottesville. We got the racist right marching to uh, protest the, the, this, the taking away of the statue of, of General Lee. And a counter-protest of what's called Antifa. I don't know how familiar you are with this term, but Antifa. You're probably not, because it's it's interesting that uh, the media doesn't cover um, the violent left anywhere near as much as it covers the violent right. Not to justify the violent right and not to pretend that the violent right is any way pro-American. All these groups are anti-American, the essence of America. But Antifa which is, I guess, short for anti-fascism action, uh, anti-fascist action, is a group uh, that, again, uh, has its roots back in Germany of the 1920s and 30s and has been active uh, on and off over the decades uh, in, uh, in Europe as a uh, violent leftist uh, group that has promoted violence in order to achieve socialist communist goals. Uh, and has, has migrated uh, over time uh, to the U.S. Many of the participants in Antifa are anarchists, anarchists who do not believe in the government, and therefore these are anarchists that are willing to use force as what they uh, view as uh, to defend freedom, freedom in quotes there, not real freedom, but, but uh, uh, the freedom to oppress people in the name of socialism or communism. These are people who use violence because they don't believe, they don't trust, they don't believe they should be a police. They believe we should all be responsible for our own protection. And therefore, they independently go after what they consider right-wing groups. And these days, it's any group that shows support for Donald Trump, they will go after. And uh, going after doesn't mean um, peaceful demonstration. It means violence. This, these are the groups that uh, went after Milo when he was about to speak in uh, Berkeley. Uh, these are the groups that went after Charles Murray uh, at, um, I of course forgot the name of the university. Uh, these are the groups that have gone after people all across the country for having political views that are not acceptable to this violent left, 
to these regressives who uh, who claim that speech is violence and therefore if somebody says something they don't like, they're completely justified in clubbing him in the head, using pepper spray, and so on. This is the group that was responsible for the violence that uh, in Evergreen, Evergreen College, where uh, you know where students ultimately um, were violent against a, a kind of a leftist professor, kind of a moderate, uh, because uh, because you refused to support uh, their uh, argument about um, you know they wanted all the whites to leave the campus so that the whites when they left the campus could um, think spend the time thinking about their privilege and about the evil they and their ancestors have done and and uh, what they did uh, to um, to blacks and to other minorities <laughs> I mean how ridiculous can you get right as if uh, I am responsible or any person today is responsible for the doings of their ancestors uh, even if you can link that back for the ideas even of their parents or their fathers you're responsible for your own actions. You're not responsible for the actions of others. Anyway, uh, uh, you know, they were supposed to be penalized leaving campus f- because for the fact that they are white. And anybody who objected to that was then harassed, uh, violently abused. And, and they were they were walking on campus with baseball bats looking for white students to, to attack. And these are not just black students attacking white students. These are white students attacking white students. So... Look, what, what unites this Antifa and uh, the alt-right? What unites them both is their inherent collectivism, their hatred of the individual, and their willingness, because they have rejected argument and reason, their willingness to use violence to further their cause. Both movements, both the alt-right and Antifa are rooted in long, ancient traditions of ideologies, uh, ideologies that have opposed the very nature and core of what America is about, ideologies and belief systems that the very core are anti-liberty, anti-freedom, anti-reason, anti-individualism, anti-treating people as individuals. In all these cases, alt-right and Antifa, uh, individuals that are associated with them are not, you know, Antifa uh, considers itself an anti-racist group, but it is a racist group. The alt-right considers it a pro-American group, but it is an anti-American group. Alt-right considers itself patriotic, but it is not. It is the enemy of America and what America stands for. To the extent that anybody in the alt-right aligns themselves even a little bit, even sometimes, even on occasion with the KKK or the Nazi flag, they are the enemies of this country. Anybody who views their white identity as important in any sense is an enemy of this country. And for that matter, that includes Black Lives Matter, who views the essential characteristic of a person as the color of their skin. They are racists. They need to be called racists. But that doesn't justify the racists who are white. The fact that they are racists who are black is no justification for the racists who are white. They're all racists, which is horrific. It's not something to be proud of. I, I you know, I, <laughs> I, uh, I'll, 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 I'll tell you this story and then, um, 
and then we're going to take a break. So I was um, I was doing this show on the alt right, and I got all these attacks. And uh, at the same about the same time, I gave a talk in uh, in the UK, and uh, all these people showed up to protest my talk at the UK. I was giving a speech on free speech, and they wouldn't let me talk. And uh, they were pro-Palestinians of some form or another, and what that had to do with anything. Anyway, they wouldn't let me talk. And then uh, ultimately, we cleared the room, and we got me in a different room, and I gave my talk and everything. And some of them had stayed there and, and let me speak. And they were, you know, they were clearly part of this uh, uh, leftist, uh, you know, uh, weird, irrational, crazy socialist left. And uh, later, they kind of attacked me through Twitter. And and one of these women, and this is about the same time as the alt-right is attacking me on Twitter. So I'm being attacked by the by the crazy left on Twitter. And I'm being attacked by the alt-right on Twitter. And, um, and ultimately, ultimately, the woman on the on the on the left wrote me a tweet saying, "You're a racist and a uh, a fascist. You're a racist and a fascist. You're on book." <laughs> and the funny thing was, then somebody on the alt right stepped in and said, "Look, lady, I know you're on book, and and you're on book ain't no racist. I am right." He was proud. You know, he actually said, "I'm a racist." And Yaron Brook is no racist, right? I have a racist coming to my defense. Somebody who is proud of his racism. So let me say, let me tell you right now, clear as day, there is nothing, there's almost nothing more despicable than racism. It is, as Ayn Rand called it, the most primitive form of collectivism. And collectivism is an ideology, an ideology that is antagonistic to everything. I and Ayn Rand believed in. So these racists who marched together with the leftist counterparts who are also racist and, and also despicable are both the same and we need to call them the same. We need to identify the same. We need to condemn them as the same. They're anti-life. Uh, what could be worse than anti-life? All right. We need to take a quick break. You're listening to your own book show. We'll be back after these messages. Israeli military veteran and radical for capitalism. It's the Yaron Brook Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Yaron Brook. We are talking Charlottesville today, and we're talking about the ongoing battle in the streets of America. It's not yet quite as ominous as it makes it sound, but it's getting there. It's getting there. Between the alt-right, the Nazis, the racists, the KKK, the, 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 the various forms of uh, collectivists who, who, add, who claim to be patriots, but who are actually the antithesis of what it means to America, and the alt-left, Antifa, uh, Black Lives Matter, and all the racists on the left who claim to represent liberty and freedom, but are actually fascists themselves and collectivists and racists themselves. Uh, that's where we are today in America. These are the groups that make the most headlines. These are the groups that, and, and then you have, you have, um, a lot of people, and this is what's scary, a lot of people who are soft alt-right and soft alt-left. 
And that's where the real influence is. The real influence is, is not that the people marching in the streets, but the people who sympathize with those marching in the streets, the people who legitimize those marching in the streets, the people who actually support quietly, partially by their silence, the people marching in the streets. The people who, without using violence, are implementing the ideas of the people marching in the streets. And on the right, you're seeing that in politics and in the left. You're seeing that at the universities. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the president's response. And we're going to get to, uh, you know, generally Republicans' response to what happens in Charlottesville. All right, we're going to take a call from Enric. Enric, hi, you're on the Iran Brooks Show. Uh, hi, Iran. Good to talk to you. Um, uh, it seems like uh, what's... Like you said, it's similar to what happened somewhat to in the 1930s that you have the left and the right. Yep. And uh, my impression is that they create uh, enough chaos that eventually uh, the pe- normal people decide on uh, uh, promoting or accepting one side, yep. and they take state power. Yep. And it seems like we the important thing is to stop to to uh, support the police in stopping the chaos in uh, in supporting civil the civil uh, society. Yep. No, I, I think you're you're absolutely right, and uh, you kind of stole my punchline because that's where I'm heading. I mean, we really are, I think, witnessing the beginnings of what we saw in in Germany in the 19. I wouldn't say 30s. I would say 20s. We're not quite at the 30s, and I don't think. The, the the right or the left in in the sense that the, these these fascists have yet a charismatic leader who can lead and rally and actually coalesce and actually bring in many people who are who are not there you know uh, they've got a bunch of bubbling bumbling idiots uh, but no nobody really takes too seriously but I I think that was the situation in Germany in the beginning of the twenties and. Slowly, this became worse and worse, and, and, and people didn't identify how serious it was. And by 1932, 33, it was too late already. It was over. And it's interesting to what the people ultimately rallied, that they don't, the people don't rally towards the alt-left. And I don't believe that there's a chance in this country, and I'll, I'll talk about this after, after the next break, I don't believe there's a chance that in this country we would rally towards the alt-left. And that's why I believe ultimately that the bigger enemy, the bigger long-term uh, cancer, the long-term threat to this country comes from the alt-right. But it doesn't matter. Either one of them is leading us towards some form of authoritarianism. And uh, unless we take a stand, and taking a stand means, means identifying the evil that is common to both and identifying the alternative that is America, what America stands for, why it stands for it, what, what America means, and, and, and how we need to combat these authoritarian forces in the world today. Unless we stand up for that, I, I think we, the believers in liberty, lose. Yeah, and, I'm wondering what's the way to combat, what specific, what actions can be taken even at this point when it's not really everything very clear. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I, I, I mean, this is my view, and I, and I only have like 20 seconds to cover this, or 30 seconds to cover this. I think that's a few things. One, the police has to get involved. You cannot have violence in the streets without the police intervening. The police should disarm people as they enter a demonstration. They shouldn't be allowed to bring clubs and weapons and 
and and means of violence, both left, uh, both on the left and the right. And then those of us who truly believe in America, those of us who believe in freedom and liberty and free speech need to speak up, speak up against left and right, speak up against collectivism and violence and remind, remind American people what this country is truly, really about. Thank you. All right. We'll be back after this relatively long break. Thanks, Henrik, for calling. You're listening to your Ron Brooks show on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Yaron Brooks Show on the Blaze Radio Network.